Welcome to the Ghosty Girls podcast. How are you? I have not talked to you in a while. Oh, guys, we are <laughs> so sorry for the two-week break, but we're so stoked to be back with you. How's it going? I, I don't even know where to begin. It's been a rough two weeks. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry same right it's just been crazy it has life's been crazy busy and oh so much going on yeah definitely and the kids you know finally starting to get out of school and try to get them back into somewhat of a routine I want to manage that now that they're out of school because I feel like when they were doing school at home you know they kind of had the I'll do it a couple hours here and there and then play rounds. And then they really had a summer break, honestly. Yeah. But, you know, getting them just in a routine so they don't completely lose their mind when they have to go back to school. (laughs) Well, I've given up on that completely. (laughs) My kids, they are running the ship over here. And I'm like, I'm like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You don't even care. I don't. I'm like, you know what? It's your summer like it really it sucks so if it That's makes true. you happy to stay up and watch YouTube till two in the morning just don't wake me up I don't care <laughs> oh my gosh that's hilarious yeah so I mean yeah we're pretty much in the same boat over here like it's been crazy it's super like it's summer it's hot it is can oh you believe gosh. it? 105 the other day. And I'm like, it is just June. What is it going to be like in August? It's I can't like even hell. Imagine. Like hell. <laughs> <laughs> literally burning alive. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm literally sitting here now with a big tumbler full of wine in ice cubes. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I'm ready it's to podcast for, for room temperature wine. <laughs> yeah, no, I need it in a stainless steel cup with ice. <laughs> I do not blame you. Ugh. So I've had like major, I don't know about you, but like major ghosty vibes over this past week and a half, maybe two weeks, actually, like obviously, you know, a lot of shit in the world, like emotions are high. And I feel like everyone's emotions are running high. And I'm kind of feeling like that high energy from everybody. So I don't know if that's what it is. But oh my gosh. Because I've been doing the same thing. And I related it to that. You know, we just inherently pick up on everybody's feelings and everybody is feeling something lately. So you know, you have that bombardment of their emotions and then you just get worn out. I don't know about you, but it feels like the last two weeks at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's Monday. It feels like it should be Friday. Like you mm-hmm. are just wiped out. And I think that just having no energy left in your body just allows those spirits to come in and wreak havoc. Yeah. I mean, I'm noticing like in the middle of the day, like I'm working and all of a sudden, I'm getting like tingles and then I'm feeling like I'm zoning a little and I'm like, no, 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 I'm too busy for that. Stop, stop. (laughs) Well, what's weird is you are totally the dream girl, right? Yeah. But over the last, I would say week and a half, I have been having horrible nightmares 
And I don't know if it's just because I'm so spent at the end of the day that I'm being bombarded in my sleep. I don't know. I've just been having some really crazy dreams that can't possibly be real, but you wake up just nauseous and, and dread. Mm-hmm. So I, I cannot wait to be over with that. I don't know how you manage that every day. <laughs> it's hard, but you know, like you said, sometimes when you're ignoring it, when you're awake and in your conscious life, it's like when you finally do fall asleep, they're like, okay, this is when I'm going to get my message in, or you weren't listening to me. So now you have no choice. Right. Yep. So. I totally get those vibes lately. Oh. It sucks. The last episode, you were telling us that you were going to go on a trip to Virginia City and you were going to stay in a haunted motel, the Sugar Mountain, I believe. How did yep. that go? Actually, I was expecting a lot more. I will say that in the middle of the night, it felt like something grabbed my foot and my foot oh, was hell under, no. It was under the blanket. And so I woke up and I like grabbed my husband. I'm like, did you feel that? He's like, no, you know, he's like half asleep. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Okay. But really for me, that was the only thing I experienced. Our oldest son went with us and he stayed in a separate room and he called me late that night and he's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't feel good. You know, I'm just in a bad mood. There's just bad vibes in here. And he, he's the one that's really sensitive, but wants nothing to do with it. So yeah. for him to kind of express that concern, um, that was kind of strange, but he was definitely feeling overwhelmed and he was staying in the part of the hotel that was original to that hotel. So it was nothing added on. We got a room that had been added on later. Um, but I wasn't going to tell him that <laughs> because yeah. he was already you're like, like you're in the really haunted room. <laughs> you're in the one that was a brothel. And no, I did not tell him that, but <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> we did go to the cemetery Um He went with us, but he had to leave early. He was overwhelmed. And um, so we were just kind of walking around and really getting nothing until the end of it. And then all of a sudden, uh, I just got pulled. And we'll share that story. It's a long story. But um, definitely got some stuff at the cemetery. I haven't gone through the footage yet to see if I actually caught something in recording or on camera, but I'm anxious to go through those and, and see what we find. Ooh, yes. We'll have to update everybody on that. And I want to hear that story for sure. <laughs> so well, what, about, what about you? Other than that, are you ghosty free um, at your house? I mean, I'm never ghosty free. <laughs> There's always something. We had a weird thing happen um, late last week where our power went out uh, my oldest was like awoken or awakened, awokened. <laughs> um, it was it's awakened. been one of those weeks, Jess. I know. It's. I swear <laughs> I haven't even had much of this wine yet. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so he woke to this black figure in his face, like this dark, dark, dark pitch black shadow um, telling him, you know, I'm going to make sure that your family argues. I'm going to make sure you're all fighting and you're miserable and I'm going to turn the power out and you're not going to have any power. Mm. And he came 
came into my room and told me that and he was like freaked out I'm like okay were you awake or were you asleep and he's like I don't know so we had that happen there's been a lot of hallway activity it's always Mm -hmm. something it's always something and it it is almost like whenever you have those things that aren't really extreme you almost want to leave them there because you know if you get it out the next thing to come in may not be that calm and quiet but you definitely don't want to leave what he's got going on in his room (laughs) no I mean I feel like I'm constantly having to go through the house through his room especially but I mean you know it is what it is that's what we do yep gotta deal with it one of those fun things about doing this podcast is that you and I are able to like research and discuss things in the spiritual and paranormal paranormal world that really interest us and so I know we've really wanted to talk about a couple things for a while that being Ouija boards yeah um and you know kind of talk a little bit about seances because they are a little related um so I mean for some people that's like their introduction into the spiritual and paranormal world is playing with a Ouija board so I want to talk about that today. I know we both have a lot of opinions. We have a lot of stories, and mm-hmm. I think it'll be pretty good. I think it's going to be awesome. A lot of people are underestimating these things, and I think it's going to be cool to shed some light on just what we think and how we take things. So I'm excited to jump in and get started. So We're just going to start off with a little bit of history on the Ouija board, which, you know, I didn't really know anything about. Now, I assume that everyone knows what a Ouija board or spirit board or talking board is. But if not, I'm going to describe it. It's a flat board. It has the letters A through Z, numbers 0 through 9, and the words yes, no, goodbye, and sometimes the word hello um, on it. And you use a planchette as a movable indicator that spells the message out that the ghosts are giving to you. So that's what the board is. Now, you don't have to buy your Ouija board off the shelves of Target. Like some people. (laughs) Which is crazy, right? I'm sorry. Skip over that. Like, well, I'm just going to go to Target for laundry soap, milk, and a Ouija board. Exactly. (laughs) So like that in itself is strange. But. Some people prefer to make their own. They, um, I mean, you can go online and find people that do like wood burning and they'll make their own out of wood. And some people, young kids, even make their own out of paper, which we Mm -hmm. can kind of talk about a little bit more later. Um, But talking boards existed long before the Ouija board came along. Um, They were being used pre- um, oh gosh, 1886, uh, by mediums and yeah, in the spiritual community, people that were mediums were using them all over. And the inventor of the Ouija board is actually like a big debate. Some people say it was invented by a man, E.C. Reich, and others argue it was invented by Charles Kennard. So, We don't know who the first inventor was, but 
Kennard and his colleague, Elijah Bond, were the first people to actually modify the board to add the words yes, no, and goodbye. So that's, you know, making it more similar to the board that we know today. Right. Um, In 1890, in Baltimore, Maryland, a woman who was known to be a medium, Helen Peters, was using the board with her brother-in-law, Elijah Bond, and a group of investors. These investors were putting money into the Ouija board, well, into the board, and they wanted to get her input. So she asked the board what she should call it. And the board spelt out O-U-I-J-A. And then it told her that the word meant good luck. I mean... What? Isn't that so creepy? You just gave me chills. So creepy. Literally, you have to need luck to play with this. Like, yeah, good luck. Oh my gosh, that is creepy. How do you ask a board what do you want to be called? And it answers. I know. And what is the name they went with? What is the name of the spirit that actually got to name this board? Like, that one was Ouija. He's like, you can name it after me. No, thanks. Mm -mm. So, Kennard and Bond filed the first patent on the board in 1901. um, And then eventually their employee, William Fund, took over and he began to market the board. And he had ads in national papers, he had ads in the Sears catalog. Like, oh my gosh. Yes. So a lot of people. Normal thing. Yeah. And it was like, it was very mainstream. And a lot of people credit William Fund for making it so popular because of his marketing abilities. So the board increased in popularity. Obviously, they started to make a lot more money. And so people wanted to cash in on any connection that they had to it. But Helen Peters was like, no, thank you. She wanted nothing to do with it. She claims it caused a major rift in her family. And basically what happened was her family, um, they were Southern. They fought in the Confederacy. And her, a couple of family members went out and actually took the buttons off of the uniforms of the Confederate soldiers that had passed and brought them back inside. And these were like family heirlooms. Like they were holding on to these buttons, which is just morbid and fucked up. Yeah. If you ask me. Yeah. So these, I'm so glad you went for her. <laughs> so these, these buttons go missing and apparently the family decides to ask the Ouija board who took them and the board blames the nephew So half of the family believes it. Half of the family is like, that's bullshit. Helen thought it was bullshit. But it tore the family apart. They never spoke again. They never reconciled over what what this Ouija board told them. So, yeah, she sold all of her stock in the company. And basically, until the day she died, she warned people not to use the board because she said it lied. Oh, my gosh. So, oh my gosh, I know the depth to that exactly. Like, oh, creepy! And you're talking about someone, you know, 
she was known as a medium at that time. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm not saying whether she was or she wasn't, but if she felt that passionately to tell everybody, don't play with this board, it lies, clearly right. she knew. She knew something yeah. was up. Exactly. She was not the only one who had bad luck or bad experience associated with the Ouija board, though. William Fund, who, you know, had taken over that patent, he got in a fight with his brother in 1919 and cut him out of the business. And after World War I and the flu pandemic, not coronavirus, but <laughs> the Spanish flu, um, the sales surged. And so they were making a ton of money. And by 1927, they estimated that he had actually made a million dollars off of the board, which in that time was huge. It's equal to like $15 million today. Oh, my goodness. So he, he opened three new factories to make Ouija boards. And one day he's up on the roof supervising workers as they're installing a flagpole. So he's standing up there and he topples backwards over the edge of the building. And so he's falling. And I mean, just like a scene out of a movie, he grabs onto an open window. But suddenly the window slams down. And it sends him falling to the sidewalk below. Oh, my gosh. He is laying there, like, expected to survive. They're telling him, oh, you only have broken ribs. And they load him up into the ambulance. And on the way to the hospital, they hit a bump. And it actually sent one of the fractured bones through his heart. What? So can we just take a second here? Like... This is some Final Destination shit. You cannot cheat death. Can you believe that? Like, it was intent on ending his life. It was his time. Oh, It was like, you're going to fall. Oh, you grab that window? That's great. The window's going to slam. Oh, wait, you survived that? That's great. You're going to hit a bump and the bone's going to go through your heart. Oh, my God. (gasps) Okay, I'm sorry, but if that is not a story that will prevent you from playing with Ouija boards, there is no <laughs> hope for you. Like, who would my that story and be like, I'm running to Target. Hold on real quick. I, I just want to know, like, who did he piss off? Right? What spirit did he piss off that was like, listen? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So... His family held on to the company for quite a long time. They didn't sell it to Parker Brothers until 1966. And the year that they sold it, the Ouija board actually outsold Monopoly. No way. Yes, as the most That's popular game. To think about. I know. Oh so my God. Eventually, Parker Brothers became Hasbro, and then, you know, the rest is history. So that's kind of the rundown of how it started, which is pretty interesting because I really had never given any thought to to it before. Yeah, I never even had heard about, like, I obviously we all know that it's a Hasbro game, but I didn't know the background to that. So that just blows my mind that a medium was like, hey, not a good idea, and people continued to do it and look at where we're at today. 
it's actually really interesting too because on her headstone where her grave is it says her name and underneath it it says the woman who named the Ouija board (laughs) okay so wait a minute she wanted nothing to do with that and they literally put that on her headstone like how pissed off is she She's probably pissed. She's like, somebody give them a Ouija board so I can tell them how pissed I am right now. (laughs) Oh, that's horrible. That poor lady. I know. So, I mean, that's the backstory. Obviously, with anything, there's people out there that are looking to debunk, which I'm always down with. Like, I want to hear people's theories because I want to make my own decision on what I think. And so we would be remiss not to mention this theory that's floating about, but scientists think that they cracked the code on the Ouija board and how it works. And they don't think that it's just your great aunt Ruby moving the planchette around. <laughs> so it's called the idiometer effect. And basically it's your brain signaling your body to move without conscious awareness And since it happens while you're awake, the movements are just much smaller. So that's why you don't even realize that you're moving. It's kind of in the same realm as the hypnic jerk, which is like when you're sleeping and you wake yourself up, like you jolt yourself awake. Right. So it's kind of similar to that, too, where your brain is signaling your body to move and the movement is just bigger because you're asleep. So... That's what they say happens and why it's moving. I mean, okay, I can jump on that train, but what about when the planchette moves and no one's touching it? Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're not sitting here trying to debate the validity of using it because we know you can talk to spirits. Right. do, Do people touch it and move the planchette? Absolutely. I'm sure they do. Yeah, and I I would venture to say more often than not, it's probably exactly what those scientists are saying. Because you go in and you want that adrenaline rush and that fear and you're just waiting for something to happen. And I could see where you unconsciously would just have those movements. I could totally get down with that. But yeah. But <laughs> there but. are things that happen with that that are absolutely unexplainable no way that this theory could uh explain those things that are happening so i could say 50 50 yeah i agree with that but exactly there's there's always an exception i mean yeah we see the ouija boards on tv we've seen them in movies and it's almost like a teenager's rite of passage like If you haven't used one yourself, you at least know one of your friends that has. And when they tell you the story, it's almost always a story of warning. Like they're telling you not to do it. Right. And I think that adds to you wanting to do it. I mean, you think about yourself as a kid. If you're told not to do something or if something's like a taboo subject Mm -hmm. and it's not really talked about or done, you just gravitate toward that. Like oh, yeah. the movie Craft. I mean, that was one of the first movies of its kind. So, of course, every teenage girl was like, oh, my gosh, I am doing that. Yes. So, like, I think if you were talking about anything else, Monopoly, 
I mean, you don't have kids sneaking off in a room to go play Monopoly. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. It's because you can't do it or you shouldn't that it drives you to do that. Yeah. I'm, I remember my mom telling me like, you are never allowed to watch the movie The Exorcist. And I'm like, okay, why? It's really terrifying. Like she had a bad experience with it. She didn't want me to see it. What do you think I did? Um, <laughs> my best friend and I took our little butts down to Blockbuster and rented it because I wanted to see it. Right. That is the first thing you do is what you're not supposed to. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Parents, when will they ever learn? I know. I know I didn't learn from my, my own mistakes. I, I should be telling my kids, yeah, run with scissors, please. And then I won't have to worry about it. I know. <laughs> so we have some listener stories. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to share. So we are going to start off with one now. So it starts. In high school, some friends and I used a Ouija board in a caravan on his farm property. We set up candles and called the spirits all with a finger on the glass. I'm assuming that means on the planchette. Um, right. Something came and the glass moved around spelling out random words and letters that made no sense. We all accused each other of pushing the glass and messing around. So we asked the spirit for a sign. Immediately, there was a crash on the roof of the caravan and one of the candles blew out at the same time. We have no idea what caused it. The caravan was not surrounded by trees, so it couldn't have been a tree branch falling. There was nobody else around for miles and no animals. We investigated briefly and then came back to the seance. The spirit knew one of our names and made a series of creepy comments about being careful and watching us. It claimed it made the banging noise and blew out the candle. It claimed it died in a mine shaft in the area and often visits one of our homes. And then it asked if we wanted to see him to look out the window. At that point, we all freaked out, packed up, and never went in that caravan again. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay, you go first. Wow. What do you think? I mean, I think the same thing. No. I mean, we have three more stories to read. And I think after that, we're both going to be like, Ouija board? No. <laughs> Are you there? Anna. Are you there? What the hell just happened? I have no clue. I was talking to you. Okay. Well. <laughs> Holy moly. That was that weird. So weird. Okay. okay. Well, maybe we, maybe something does not want us talking about Ouija boards. I don't know, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Okay. The next story says about a month ago my daughter and I were messing around with the Ouija board and asking basic questions being silly with it basically we were not taking it seriously I got bored with it and told my kid I was gonna quit playing so I went and sat down next to my boyfriend about five minutes later we heard a friggin baby crying 
We don't have any infants in the house. We looked at each other and confirmed what we both heard. And it was a sad cry, like it wanted its mommy. It sounded to be about six to nine months old. I sold the Ouija board shortly (laughs) after that, and I'm still wigged out. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry, but you have a baby crying. Like, isn't that like the creepiest of creepy hauntings is when you start hearing things like, Whispering, you could probably explain away or noises, but if there is no little child around or baby around and you start hearing that, that creeps me out faster than anything else. A baby crying or like a creepy child laugh? Yes. Yes. And like, why do they always got to go? With- okay. Yeah. Fuck that. Get ahead here. No, thanks. I know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> back to the stories. So... <laughs> This one's interesting. So this starts off back in high school. Myself and some of my friends used to mess around with a Ouija board. We were like 15 and 16 and didn't have much respect for it. My friend's parents owned the house next to their home and it was used as a workshop for her dad. The um, downstairs. So they let us use the upstairs portion for sleepovers. One story that sticks in my mind is one night we were asking for anyone to come through. And silly teenage questions about crushes and shit. Yeah, we were dumb. Well, the board started going off about some random name that I can't recall now, 20 years later. And we got a creepy feeling like we were being watched and went downstairs to get the pizza we ordered and go outside. All five of us were together. Nobody was in the house alone at any point. We go back inside and we notice all the glass covers for the ceiling light are on the floor. They're not cracked or damaged at all, which they would have been if they had fallen. We brush it off and pick up the board again, having never properly closed the conversation. Things suddenly turned weird. Sexual messages came across and a friend of mine swears to this day something or someone touched her inner thigh, grazing her crotch. We immediately stopped and left the house. We went to the local Lutheran church and she prayed and we never set foot in that home again. Our our friend whose parents owned the house thought we were just messing with her and didn't believe them, but they still came to the church with us. Um, We went back to, and they went back with us also to get our bags because at this point we were creeped out to the point that we had no intention of sleeping there. Things were all out of place. The attic, door was open and overall it was creepy as fuck we never slept in that house again after that and the girl still owns the board 20 years later and is convinced it's just a toy honestly i think it's a bit of a weird attachment that she has to it i've never touched a ouija board since and i think of that experience whenever this topic comes up okay where to start with that one (laughs) well we still have one more Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because, okay, Mr. Scientists or Mrs. Scientist, can you please explain that? I know. Right? I, like, I know. I don't know. Unless they all passed out and then just kind of like zombied their way through that apartment. Yeah. I, I don't know. That, all five teenage girls. Right? And none of them have recollection recollection of any of this or... And then the attachment with the thing, like, I know if you're, if you're playing with something and it doesn't want you to stop, 
you really think it's going to let you know it's a problem? No, it's going to make you think that there's no big deal or nothing really going on. Exactly. I mean, it's the same as like when something's in your house, if it has an attachment to you, is it going to, is it going to make itself known? No, it's going to want you to think that you don't have a problem because if you recognize it, you're going to get it out. Right. Absolutely. That's creepy. So I know, I know. Do we have a phone number? Because I feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) I want to call her and be like, listen no we don't but you know what honestly like she brought up a couple of good points which was they were playing around with it and they didn't respect it and that I think is one important thing to touch on is that you really do need to respect it yeah they sell it as a game and you can go buy it at Target or Walmart or wherever but it's not a game so And the fact that she also has never touched one since. Clearly, she learned her lessons. I'm very glad to hear that. No, I'm talking about the poor girl that doesn't, that still has the board and doesn't think it's a problem. Like, I want to reach out to her. We don't have her number. (laughs) Listen, if any of you are private investigators, like, (laughs) let's work together to save this chick, please. I know. (laughs) seriously I mean I can message her friend and be like we want to just talk (laughs) yeah give up the board peacefully and nobody gets hurt (laughs) yeah seriously oh yeah that's that story like totally weirds me out and especially because I could see that happening to like my group of friends when I was in high school yeah exactly oh all right so Save the best for last. Here we go. I'm anxious. All right. So this person shared this story, and it's actually um, a story that their mom shared with them. So it says, in 1979, when my mom was 15 or 16, a large group of my extended family were gathered in my grandma's house in rural, rural Iowa, where most of them live. They were there to discuss what was to be done with my recently deceased great-grandmother's house. You see, my great-grandmother hated the house and in the final six months of her life had built another house on the same plot of land, which I guess wasn't in accordance with state zoning laws. As any logical thinker would do, they decided to ask my grandmother herself, Ouija board in hand, the females, (gasps) female members of the family walked out into the night to do a seance at her house, which was they just sat down on the dirt road where they were. The house was built in the mid-19th century, had six bedrooms, was huge from what I can gather. However, it didn't have any electricity. So they brought candles to light the space. About half of the women in attendance were believers and the other half being, were being skeptics, which led to some frustration with the asking of the questions to the Ouija board. However, sometime in the night, the energy of the house totally changed. And one of my aunts asked if Margaret was there, but got no response from the board. Instead, a piece of tinsel in the doorway began to swing like a pendulum. My mom's youngest brother had just celebrated his birthday there a few weeks earlier and decorations were still up. It would be easy to say that it was the wind or atmospheric pressure that could account for the change. However, keep in mind it was a large house and the room surrounding the central living room acted like a wind block. It's also worthwhile to point out that the candles at no point flickered or went out. And the movement continued with every question back and forth like a pendulum. 
Finally, someone asked, what's to be done with the house? The tinsel stopped moving altogether and began to violently move in the opposite direction. Then the tinsel stopped responding after that question, so they moved it back to the Ouija board. No sooner had they done this when it spelt out a very simple message. B-U-R-N-I-T. Mm. They hauled ass back home, called the volunteer <laughs> fire department, and did just that. Burned the house down. No way. Yep. Okay, so weird stuff happened, but what if that theory came into play and they knew she didn't like it, so somebody was, like, unintentionally <laughs> making it say, burn it down? I don't know. That's just creepy. I... I don't know where to go with that one. I mean, to me, I think that's like, that just shows how much faith people put into the Ouija board. Yeah. You're willing to burn your grandmother's or great grandmother's house down because the Ouija board told you to. Yeah. And here's the thing. What if it's not grandma? Like, you know, you didn't like, she didn't like it, but what if it's not grandma? Yeah. I know. That, that's crazy. I can't imagine um, just putting complete faith and trust in that. I, wow. I know. Okay. So after hearing those stories, what is your stance on the Ouija board? I believe that it is a tool it you know I think people that don't have a background or have a gift like ours they kind of look at the board as it's the board itself that is the issue and I don't believe it is without like getting way deep into it it is definitely your intention behind it um like you could have a custom board or you could write it on paper or in my opinion, you walk into a house and you're like, okay, if you're here, turn on the light and it turns it on. Like, it's just a means of establishing a connection. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the board. Um, and what are you calling on? You know what I mean? Like you could be calling out grandma, but what if it's not grandma? How do you know if you don't have the gift that you and I have, how do you know that grandma's answering you? Mm -hmm. So I think for people that are maybe not as educated in what the repercussions could be, it's a dangerous game to play, especially if your intention is to contact something um, yeah. that I won't touch one, but I also won't call things out. So people that do this are so brave or extremely stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, because like, what if you're, you know, calling up your dead kitty and, you know, a demon pops in and says meow, like, how do you know? Well, I mean, cats can't talk. So come on, be realistic. <laughs> oh, come on now. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> No, I, I totally get it. I, I totally, I, I mean, feel what the do you same. Think? So I'm, like I said, kind of in the beginning, 
you don't have to have the Ouija board, the game board. You can make your own. And some people make them out of paper. Like I was, I think I told you this story before, but my son actually made one in class with his friends and they made their own paper planchette and they made their own Ouija board and it was in his backpack. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And he's like, oh, we were just messing around. We were just messing around. And I'm like, no, that's, it's not (laughs) a toy, you know? So when you think about it like that, like you said, it doesn't really matter what you're using. You know, you're calling on spirits and you don't have control over what comes through. Right. You and I both know that things pretend. And so without having that gift of discernment, you should not call on anything. I personally, I don't mess with the Ouija board. I choose not to call on anyone. I don't even call on my family because I feel like if someone needs to get a message to me, they're going to find me and they're going to make sure that I hear that message somehow. Absolutely. You know, when you call on these spirits, especially when you're using this board, how can you guarantee that they leave when you say goodbye? Yeah, that's just the rules of the game. They obviously don't play by the rules. And, and then what do you do if they don't? Yeah. People have no idea. They probably don't even recognize that whatever spirit they've talked to is not there. I can tell you from experience, um, demons don't play by the rules of anyone's game. Yeah. Especially not Hasbro. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that just, that's out of the rule book. That's, that, you can do that. There's only, yeah, there's only one person above them that they are going to answer to. And it's definitely not the game board. So, you know, it's like, it's all fun and games until you summon a demon, basically. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of where I stand with it. It's like, like you said, people that maybe don't know what they're doing with it or don't have respect for it. Yes. Think it's a game or think it's entertaining and aren't recognizing what they're actually doing. And now, if I think, let's just say you have a board and mm-hmm. let's say everybody's drunk and nobody really has any intention behind summoning anything. It's just something to bring out and nobody can even think clearly enough to know what they're doing. Is that going to summon a demon or any other spirit? Probably not because Again, it's the intention behind what you're doing. Yeah. So I don't think it's the board that is what is the issue. I think the intention behind it and then ignorance of not respecting or understanding what you're doing in your intention. Exactly. I mean, it's like with anything. It's a tool. So it's not dangerous on its own. It's only dangerous when you put that person in charge of it with that intention to call on or summon a spirit. That's when it becomes a dicey game. So let me ask you a question. Yes. Let's say someone has a board. It doesn't matter if it's custom or paper. And they contact a spirit through it. And it's communicating through the board. What do they do with that board when they're done? Do they burn it? And if they do, 
what do you think the repercussions of that is? If it's just a board, where do you stand on that? That's a good question. So I would say definitely get rid of it, burn it, whatever. I have read stories from people who say that they have burned boards and the boards have reappeared. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm going to stick with my stance of don't fuck around with them because <laughs> if you do, you know, I mean, at that point, what I would do, I would start praying. Yeah. That's what I would do. I would start praying because at that point, that's what you need to do to properly close that conversation and, and get that gone. Yeah. And I think like you're saying, I totally agree with that because even though it's just a board, if you've established with a spirit, a demon, that this is the way we're going to communicate. And then you just decide, okay, I'm done. I'm scared. I don't want to play anymore. I think burning it, getting rid of it. You know, I've also heard of it reappearing. Um, I think you're just going to piss it off because it's not that you're burning the board and is the issue is that you are stopping the communication with the spirit that you just made a deal with saying, this is what we're going to use to communicate. Exactly. So I think that's where you have an issue. So yeah, you could burn the board. It's not the board. It's that you're cutting off that communication. So I don't think you absolutely have to say goodbye on the board, but I think you need to say, okay, if you've gotten yourself into that situation, I'm sorry. I did not mean this. I'm cutting off all communication. Start praying, ask the Lord, provide protection and get rid of whatever you decided to summon. And then don't have that intention to call it back. And I think you'd be fine. I agree. That's a, that's a hard situation because it really, I mean, now we go into like, it depends. What did you summon? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I, yeah. I really don't know what I would do, but I can tell you from personal experience, if I told a demon goodbye, he would not give a fuck. Right. <laughs> so. Goodbye. No, I don't know that word. Yeah. It's like, I will continue to terrorize you as you lay in your bed. Yes. Just don't get involved with it. It is better just to leave that shit alone. So, okay. While we're talking about communication, then let's talk about seances a little bit. Because I feel like they go hand in hand. And when I'm talking about seances, I mean, you know, the normal, like, sit in a circle and have candles and join hands and try to communicate. But I found out a lot about seances that I did not know. And please share. Okay. So (laughs) in the 19th century, there were lots of seances happening. This was a very spiritual time for people. I don't know if Mm. it had to do with, you know, the political climate or things that were happening in the world, but people were very, very interested. And it almost seems like seances and mediums, it was more of like a gimmicky kind of magic show type of thing. But they they had a lot of tools that they used. Um, They used spirit trumpets, which were just like horn shaped speaking tubes that they said would amplify whispered voices. I'm pretty, 
I mean, Reminds me of the Haunted Mansion. I was just going to say, have you been on the Haunted Mansion? Because it's yes. basically like everything that's in that room with Madame Leota. Like that's what we're talking about here. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I need one of those spirit trumpets for my regular life because I can't ever hear people. So <laughs> I just need to walk around with one of those. Attacks. Oh um, they also had special seance tables that were made of like a more lightweight material that were said to rotate or flow and levitate when spirits were near. And the weirdest thing that I learned about was a spirit cabinet which were these portable closets or sometimes they would just rope off an area with a curtain and they would place the medium there and they would bound her hands with ropes to prevent her from manipulating the information or the tools. What? Yes. Okay. I did not know that. So it kind of was like a magic show because she would be in there with her hands bound and it would kind of be like, what's going to happen? The medium's behind this door (laughs) and then things would start to happen. So that is very strange. Yeah. I, I would have never even guessed that that was going on. Like I haven't even seen that in a movie. Like you thought that that would have been one of the parts of a movie somewhere. I know. That's crazy. I mean, so the normal seance that we see is like you sit in a circle in an oval table or circular table, join hands, you light candles and you summon the spirit and you wait to communicate. And then, you know, you have your seance. Um, And then they say to end the seance, you say goodbye, break the circle, extinguish the candles. So that's kind of what we see in popular culture and what most of us probably, if we've done one, have experienced. I know that there are people that claim to be mediums that are not, right? Right, right. But we know there's nothing fake about talking to spirits. So clearly seances work. Yeah, um, I agree. Have you ever been a part of a seance before? Um, Kind of. My own little seance, <laughs> like a party of one. <laughs> well, like I've shared my story and growing up, you did not talk about any of this stuff and me thinking that I was just this evil thing that God could never love. I was like, okay, well then if God can't love me, maybe Satan will. And I went to that dark place and I was like, okay, well, I'll just talk to him and maybe he'll accept me. If I'm damned there anyway, might as well make him my buddy. So like I did the whole light the candles, you know, call on him. And like, I wait a minute. Were you doing a satanic ritual or were you doing a seance? I think it was a little bit of both. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a ritual as in like, there was I no would, goat's blood or anything. No, 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 no pentagrams, no nothing. But I was just like, okay, listen, I'm going <laughs> to contact him and have a conversation because he's the only one that's going to accept me at this point. And so I was reaching out and, okay, I realize now that Lord saved me right then because I, I people call on things, maybe even demons, but for a... 13 year old 12 13 year old girl to call on satan himself like oh gosh 
I am so lucky to still be here and not be his. So I know. Yeah. So I can say yes. It it was a seance of sorts. I called upon a spirit. I had candles lit and I was waiting for a sign that he heard me and nothing happened. Thank God. Well, thank God for that. Right? Because you can only imagine where that could have went. Yes. Yikes. So, what about you? I know you didn't call on Satan, but I did got to have a story. I did not call on <laughs> Satan. However, one of his lackeys might have responded to my sounds. Oh. So, <laughs> did you get a name? No, hell no. Um, I was like 14. Two of, you know, my two best friends spent the night. Like we always would go. We'd stay one person's house one Friday night. The next Friday, you know, we'd go back and forth. So they're at my house. And of course, I'm like trying to find something fun to do. So my house could be the fun house because we all (laughs) had strict parents. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, we should do a seance. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Okay, they're like, do you- Wow, so that was the second time we've had some kind of issue. I I am a little creeped. I something mean, mildly just- freaked out here. So. Yeah, something does not want us talking about this. What the no. hell? So obviously, one of you listeners, this is a message for you. So pay attention. Yes. <laughs> okay. It doesn't want us to talk. Yeah. Listen up. So getting back to the story. So my friends are like, do you even know how to do a seance? And I'm like, uh, yeah, of course I know how to do a seance, right? I'm just going to emulate like what I've seen in movies because I had no idea. I was going to say you couldn't Google it. No, there was no Google back then. <laughs> so I like go around and I find like some of my mom's candles, you know, and she's like, what are you doing? You better not be lighting any candles. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> mom, I'm not lighting any candles. God, I just have them. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, I had like a couple, but I stole some first. So we go in there and we sit on the floor and we light some candles and we sit in a circle and we hold hands and we're like, OK, who are we going to summon? And they're like, um, I don't know, like a celebrity. I'm like, um, they're like, well, I don't really know anyone that's died. And I was the only one that had anyone that had passed. So I'm like, all right, we can try and summon my, my great grandpa. I called him Papa. So I'm like, let's, let's try to get a hold of him. And so they're like, okay. So we close our eyes and we're like, you know, trying to call out to him, like summon him, you know, are you here? And one of my friends is like, whoa, did you just feel like it got weird in here? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, like trying to (laughs) kind of feel it out, I guess. And so I'm like, if you're here, Papa, give us a sign. (laughs) And in the corner of my room, I have this like Mylar balloon and it starts to float towards the center of the room. But before it gets there, it stops and it starts to spin. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And they're, do you see that? And I'm like, Papa, is that you? And it starts (laughs) to spin faster. 
And at that point, we all jumped up off the floor. We broke the circle of hands. We flipped the light on. We blew the candles out. We're like, oh, hell no. You know, we're screaming. (laughs) We're done. We're done. Like, we didn't even want to sleep in there. So wait a minute. You didn't like say, go away. Goodbye. We're done. Nothing. No. No. Okay. Rule number one that you skipped was always say goodbye. Um, rule number one that you skipped was don't try to contact Satan. I'm pretty sure. I laugh, but it gives me chills to this day to even bring that up. Like, I don't even know if my husband knows this story. So when he hears this, he's going to go, wait a minute. I I thought you were trying to talk to ghosts, (laughs) not Satan. So this is going to be a conversation in a couple days. I'm sure. (laughs) <laughs> oh man thankfully so there did was you like have a- any other experiences like did it leave or were you like I was there never anything else that happened? felt anything from that experience like after that I always had issues in that room right. and I always had nightmares so that wasn't anything new for me um so I don't know so the spirits that were already there probably said, listen, you're late to the party. Just leave. We got this under control. Yeah. And you probably just dealt with them. They're like, look, we've been haunting this bitch for a while. So you can head on out. <laughs> leave the balloon. <laughs> but you bring up a really good point. Like, there has only been once, maybe twice where I have had a family member reach out to me, but I will never call upon anything. Like the people that know that I can see and feel spirits, they will ask me, well, Hey, can you talk to so-and-so? Well, if they come to me, I'll tell you if there's someone around you, I'll tell you, but I'm not going to stand here and ask to speak to aunt Rosa. Like, yeah, I'm not going to call that out because while I have the gift of discernment and I can tell if it is or isn't, I'm still not going to mess with that because once you open that door, anything can come through and yeah. I'm just not about bringing more issues into my life. And why would you exactly, why would you want to open yourself up to that where then yeah. you're having to deal with whatever you call on? I totally get it. Whenever anybody asks me anything about how it works or can you talk to this person or that person, I always just say, the gift doesn't work like that. And that's my answer because I just don't want to have to explain to anyone why I'm not going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny because I've always wanted to talk to my grandpa and there'll be times I will pray, Lord, you know, if you will allow him to come through only him, I would love to be able to talk to him. But if there's no reason, if there's no message, you know, I don't want that. I'm not going to call on him. So I'm still waiting for my grandpa. And eventually I'm sure that there'll be something to come through, but yeah, I'm not about just calling out and saying, Hey, what's up? Are you there? And I want to make a clarification. Like when we go into a haunted place, whenever I call out to whatever's there, I am specific. I'm like, if you are the thing that's here that's causing the issues in this place, I'm speaking to you. Yeah. So you just have to be very careful how you open yourself up when you get to that point. I would agree. I mean, I, I think it 
it comes down to just be careful what you ask for, you know? Exactly. And you can warn people against contacting spirits, but it's that human nature. It's that curiosity. People want to know what happens when we die. They're curious. They want to make contact. And also people want to have that connection to the other side, to their family members that have passed. So I completely understand why seances and using the Ouija board is appealing to people. Some use it for entertainment, but I do understand like curiosity and also just having that connection. That is a powerful thing. Yeah. Like then that story where the family members reach out to the grandma, it's like they just desperately wanted to feel and hear her again. And it may be in that moment of grief or maybe in that moment of what do we do? What would she want that drove them to do that? Um, but that's the scary part, especially when you're in that moment of grief or really wanting something, you're vulnerable at that point. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, I wouldn't, I would not attempt anything. I'm sure you're the same way. When I am emotionally not right, I will not attempt to clear my house or try to feel things because I know that I'm vulnerable. So I wait until I feel like I'm mentally, emotionally strong before I do any of that. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, even when I am stressed, like this past week, I've been really stressed. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot going on and I clearly saw there were things in the hallway peeking out and I'm like, okay, I see you, but I'm not dealing with you right now because I'm not going to try to feel what you are. Yeah, Because I'm just not mentally in that place to do that right this minute. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. (sighs) So that's our PSA on Ouija boards and seances. We unpacked a lot in that one. We did. So... (laughs) If you guys are not already, follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook at mm-hmm. Ghosty Girls. Um, please subscribe to our podcast. Give us a review. We really would love some of your feedback and love to hear from you. Yeah, and the questions. I mean, if you don't want your name stated, we won't do that. If you have questions, I'm sure other people are thinking the same thing. So, be brave, ask the question, and let's talk about it. Definitely email us at podcast at ghostygirls.com. Anna, did you leave me again? No, I'm here, but where did you stop? <laughs> this is so weird. What is happening to this podcast? I think it's time for us to go. I think it's time. So see you later, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you. Really pay attention and go through this episode. If you hear anything in the background, please let us know. Because I wouldn't (laughs) be surprised. I'm getting creepy vibes. So for sure. Definitely reach out to us. Thank you, guys. And remember, there are no goodbyes for us. Thank you.